Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with expert nutrition communicator and registered dietitian, Stephanie Cundiff. I think back to the first time I attended a nutrition communicator meeting with Stephanie in Midwest Dairy, and I was absolutely in awe of all the amazing registered dietitians I was there with. Many of them were excelling in all the things I wanted to do, so it was a great network to be inspired by. I think that's when I had my first thoughts about writing a book over four years ago. I remember jotting down notes during a presentation during that first communicator event, and it was about maybe writing a book. And now, four years later, I'm registered dietitian, Now What Exists. And a great reminder to always be open to all the experiences that you are offered because you really never know what it will lead to. With today being a very special podcast, it's my 50th podcast, I'm very grateful for my first product sponsor and thing I love, Jolly Time Popcorn. I wish I could bring you all into my pantry so you could see all the Jolly Time goodness in my pantry. I'm always confident I'm eating a great snack with Jolly Time, and knowing it's from Iowa makes it even better. If you go to jollytime.com, you can learn more and get great coupons for your next purchase. My conversation today is with nutrition communicator expert, Stephanie Cundiff. A few years ago, I was invited to attend a nutrition communicator event that was hosted by Midwest Dairy, and being new to the communication aspect of my job, I was very excited for this opportunity thanks to Stephanie Cundiff. Stephanie has had a very unique journey in becoming a registered dietitian, with communications always being her underlying superpower. For the past 11 years, she's been working for the dairy farmers of the Midwest and has found her professional and personal passions. Stephanie is someone who inspires me, and I know she will inspire you too. Please enjoy my conversation with Stephanie. Well, I am so glad you were able to take some time today for us to kind of chat about just your journey as a registered dietitian and kind of where you got started and just your passions and if you're living your passions today and all that good stuff. So maybe take me back. Take me back to when you decided you wanted to be a registered dietitian. Well, and thank you so much for um, doing this podcast. It's always fun to talk to you and, and definitely to talk about our profession. I actually have a fairly unique background when it comes to dietetics. I did not decide to become a dietitian until I had already completed a undergraduate degree in broadcast journalism. Um, oh. So, yes, I went to, I grew up in outside of Philadelphia and went to a small liberal arts college in Virginia and thought broadcast journalism sounded fun. And um, I really liked the department and on our campus and um, kind of envisioned myself doing on-air work down the road. Well, I graduated and worked at a small university in our the communications office and did a lot of press release writing and no on-camera work, but enjoyed it. It's a small town, though, and I needed to go somewhere that was a little more hustle and bustle. So <laughs> I moved to Washington, D.C. and actually was working doing marketing for a um, copying company that worked with the legal 
community within Washington, D.C. And it was there. My boss's wife was a dietitian. And we would go out to dinner occasionally. And she would tell me about what she did. And she worked um, in management for Airmark, so a large hospital chain. Um, So when I started talking to her... And I was feeling very unconnected to my degree and to what I was doing. I was having fun, but I definitely didn't see a future in what I was doing. I realized what she was doing sounded a lot more like what I would want to do. And I I grew up in a very fit home. My parents were active. My sister and I were both in sports. We ate pretty healthy. Um, There was, I would say, balance and moderation in our house. We had plenty of healthy foods, but there was always room for treats as well. Um, So she is really, my boss's wife, was really (laughs) the one that inspired me to look into what would it take to become a dietitian. And that's when I started down that path. So I ended up moving from D.C. to Alabama um, to go to Auburn University. And I just jumped in um, full circle um, and, you know, went to school full time, pursued a master's degree in nutrition while completing all my undergraduate dietetics work. Because having had a liberal arts background, I had to pretty much start over. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was a three-year process. Um, Really great experience being in the graduate um, school. I was able to uh, work in the Alabama Nutrition Extension Department. I did my thesis under a major professor who was the head of nutrition extension for Alabama. And it was a really great way for me to see a different side of dietetics, perhaps more so than the clinical side had I worked with a different professor. Not to say that there's not value in that too, Mm -hmm. um, but it was a really, um, she was a wonderful mentor too, and um, a really great opportunity for me to get my feet wet um, while completing all my undergraduate work. And then I was fortunate enough to do my internship at Tulane University in New Orleans. So not only did I get to live somewhere really fun, but it was a six-month internship, and it was for people who had a master's degree. Um, oh. So it was a very small group. There were five of us in the class, and we all had a very unique focus. I was at that time kind of interested in pursuing wellness, and my um, internship classmates, one was more public policy, one was culinary, one was sports nutrition, and one was clinical So we kind of were all a little bit different. And again, that was another great way for me to be exposed to different sides of dietetics, too. So that's how I came about. (laughs) It was not a big, it was not my master plan to become a nutrition communicator. But I have been so fortunate to take steps throughout my career since finishing my internship, where I have now fallen into a job where I'm really able to use that communications degree. I mean, that's really what's carried me through for most of my profession as a dietitian. Okay. So when you did your, how did you get to Alabama, by the way? Like, how did you choose? (laughs) That's where you wanted to go to school. Yeah. Well, it's funny story. 
I think. Um, I so I <laughs> where I went to college in Virginia I drew a lot from the southeast. So I had a lot of friends from Alabama, um, Georgia. The southeast seemed familiar to me, um, mm-hmm. and I wanted a school that was going to let me go full time, where I could come in and start fresh. Some other schools that I was looking into for their master's program, they wanted me to go to school to get some of the undergraduate work out of the way before even applying. And oh. it just seemed like such a big, overwhelming project to take on by myself. I wanted to be under the guidance of a counselor on campus. Um, so the schools that it came down to were Kansas State University and Auburn University and the University of Alabama. And I, I ruled out Kansas State because Kansas seemed so foreign to me. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it after I graduated from Auburn and finished my internship, where did I move? I moved you to moved. Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> so and, and, and Kansas State's program is wonderful and, and Living here now, I've met so many professors from um, the nutrition department, know plenty of registered dietitians that completed that program too. And I would have done just as well there as I did at Auburn. But it is funny that looking back, it didn't, it seemed so boring to to me. Yes. (laughs) That's how Auburn's program just really for what I needed and um, what I felt like I needed in terms of support and the time frame, um, they seemed to be um, the best fit for me, and I loved it. It was it was a really great experience. I went to a, from a really small school to a really big school, so that in itself was just a, a great opportunity for me to compare different types of education styles and th- things like sure. that. So. When you think back to, I guess, like you know, for someone since you did completely start not related to dietetics whatsoever, and you had to go back and do all of your undergrad classes, and you did your master's. I know for someone that maybe is experiencing the same thing you are, what is your kind of advice? Just like even to like think about getting started, because it is overwhelming, I'm sure. Yeah, um, I think, you know, keep an open mind. I, when I was in doing my undergraduate work, I I loved the, um, so I had a, a minor in Spanish too. For If you were a journalism major, you had to choose what they called a concentration. And so I chose Spanish. And I always loved the literature side of things. I liked those liberal arts classes. I had kind of convinced myself that math and science, my brain just wasn't wired for those. I did okay, but they didn't seem to be my strengths. Mm-hmm. And so I was really surprised when I went back to school <laughs> how much I enjoyed it. Um, I like the fact that there's a definite answer <laughs> when it comes to math and, and same with science. You know, that's not to say I don't love the writing. So that's very much one of the favorite parts of my job um, now is, is writing. But I was, I surprised myself, I think. I had Thankfully, I was willing to take that risk because if I had let myself continue to believe that I just wasn't cut out for those types of mm-hmm. classes or that type of thinking, I would have never taken that leap. And and sure. I did quite well in it. Now, granted, it's very different, too. When you go back, I'd already you know worked. I was older 
than some of the kids in my, excuse me, the students in my classes too. <laughs> and so, you know, life experience, I think you bring something different into the classroom when you realize, okay, I, I took a big risk to come back here. I need to make this work too, but don't, don't be scared if it's kind of a change in coursework or a way of thinking too, because you, you'll surprise yourself. And um, so that would be my, my biggest Your suggestion. Yeah. yeah. I like that. <laughs> you yes. can surprise yourself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so, and some of my favorite classes were ones that you wouldn't, you know, I loved the chemistry classes, whereas in high school, oh, I dreaded oh, that I know. stuff. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I think it was, it was really good for me to be challenged in a different way and to be successful when I was challenged. So. That's a good perspective. It's a very good perspective. Challenge is good. I think we're yes. scared of it, but it's good for yes. us. Yes. Mm-hmm. So after your master's slash internship <laughs> slash all of that, um, what did you kind of feel like you wanted? I mean, where was your kind of focus of where you wanted to practice? Like what was something that interests you at the time and where did you end up? Well, um, during my internship, we did a rotation at a, it was a, I'll call it a wellness center. It was a beautiful facility, um, kind of outside of New Orleans and it, um, had a fitness center. It had a cardiac rehab program. They did cooking classes and weight management counseling. And I loved it. I loved the dietitian that was there. I thought her work seemed exciting and rewarding and there was variety and, um, I was determined that that's what I wanted to do, but was thinking, oh, what are the chances I'm going to find something like this, you know, sure. in Wichita, Kansas? And, and wouldn't you know it, <laughs> there is a, there was, it's since closed, a facility similar. And it was here in Wichita. Well, at the time, they were looking only for part time and I needed a full time job. So I took a position um, in a small town east of Wichita, and it was a very small hospital slash nursing home facility that was in pretty big financial (laughs) trouble. Um, So I was supposed to come in and rescue their nutrition services while working under a tight budget. So very much not what I had envisioned myself doing, but at that time, new to the community, new to the area, a job, you know, full-time job. It was actually decent pay because they really needed somebody. Um, I went ahead and took that and kept in touch, just kept continuing to hope that a full-time position would become available. And lo and behold, within a year, while the hospital was continuing to really struggle, a full-time position opened up. And thankfully, um, I was able to interview and, and I had kept in touch, you know, just continued to try and network. Um, sure. And that position came, became mine. And funny story there, the dietitian. So within that wellness program, we did a weight management program that at the time, this was a long time ago, <laughs> 15 <laughs> plus years ago, it was um, considered fairly outside of the box thinking it was a weight management program that used a meal replacement. So it was a very low calorie diet mm-hmm. and um, mixed reviews on how well it was accepted within the dietitian's community here in Wichita. And um, my, the dietitian that hired me, 
the reason I caught her eye was because I came from a very untraditional background. So the chances of me approaching and embracing this different approach, she felt like would be greater because I came from a communications background. Oh. Whereas, yeah, so it, that was really the first time where I thought, oh, there, there was a benefit to me piecing sure. together these two degrees. Um, and so that's, um, I, I still credit that as a, my kind of my foot in the door for that position. And, and I was there for oh, just about four years and really enjoyed the patient interaction. I did our weight management program. We had a cardiac rehab program and we did some individual counseling too. Um, but it, it was, it was what I had envisioned. It just took me a little bit of time to get there. To because, get there. Yeah. So, and, and that's, you know, persistence pays off. So. It does. <laughs> and I like, I like how you mentioned that was the first time you realized that your communications degree, you'd never think that someone hiring you would look at that situation and say, oh, you know, she would bring a different perspective to this job. Right. So I yeah. So I think it's good to kind of for other, you know, dietitians that if they do have some other experience, don't be scared to showcase it because even if it's not dietetics related. Exactly. And and any and then even more so during that time that I was um working with this weight management program, we did some um, media outreach and PR around promoting the program. And psh, my boss did not want to do the TV spots or the radio spots anymore. And so she would look at me and be like, well, you have the degree, <laughs> you do it. And I, you know, at this point, I'm, I'm not trained in it anymore, but I, you know, I rolled my sleeves up and I did it. And and sure enough, I was able to build this little portfolio of clips. So when I interviewed for the job I've in now with Midwest Dairy Council, they were looking for someone with a communications background. I had all these TV segments to show them nice. when I interviewed. So once again, that communications is what carried me <laughs> to my next you know, <laughs> yeah. So, but it was funny because she, again, she looked at me, she's like, you do it. You know, you're the one that has the, so, and it was uncomfortable at first because I, you know, it's, it's scary to put yourself out there. And sure. Um, so, but I, I thank her for that, for that opportunity. Had I said no, you know, I would have been turning down um, really a great way to get some exposure and experience. And you said when you were kind of working in that field, you didn't do a lot of on-air type um, work, did you? You did mostly writing and things like that? When I did weight, the weight management program? Yeah. When was, you were, yeah, like you did mostly mostly writing, but then like the on-air part and like the media part, was that kind of something that you'd never really done before? Only in college. I mean, we gotcha. we were, it was in a small, my school was in a small community and we ran Believe it or not, we ran the news station, radio and TV station for the community. So we oh. would, it was really pretty cool, <laughs> but we would rotate. So like one semester you would be on air, like on camera. Another semester you'd be news writing. 
another semester, you'd huh. be doing the camera work and then you'd be in the editing booth. So it was really a nice way to see 360, what goes yeah. into it. Um, but that was pretty much my ex- the extent of my experience. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> You didn't have to do all of that, though, when you did the the things for the weight loss clinic, no, correct? You no. didn't have to do. You just yeah. had to be the on-air yes. talent. <laughs> yes, I showed up. Yeah. <laughs> so you built a great portfolio doing that. And did you kind of get like a little bit more of an interest back into that communications aspect of your, your schooling and your past career? Um, you know, I think still at that time, I didn't know there were bigger and better opportunities in nutrition communications. I, you know, I had, I liked what I had going um, and I wasn't really looking to do more, but I was starting to, um, well, first I had just had my son. um, And so he was a baby and I taught in the evenings and It was becoming a challenge to take care of him. And, you know, I just, I felt like all of a sudden priorities at home was the best fit for my schedule. Um, But then at the same time, I was starting to get, um, you know, wondering what else is there. While I love the patient interaction with weight management, it it brought with it some frustration and challenges. And um, so I think a combination maybe of the two, I started to just be curious, you know, what else is out there. And I'll never, I still am so fortunate. There was a website or database called jobsindietetics.com. And that was like my greatest takeaway from my internship. Our internship advisor had told us about this site, but you could go in and search based on city or state. And um, and sure enough, when I did that, I saw a position for a dietitian with Midwest Dairy Council. And um, they wanted somebody with communications background, preferably someone who's done TV work. And I'm reading this job description, like jumping up and down inside thinking, <laughs> that's me. Like, but I, I just had... It, it never would have dawned on me that such a job existed had I not sure. looked um, on on that website. And so at the time, you know, I'm, I'm in Wichita and the position was posted for Kansas City. And this is, again, where just don't rule things out is my advice because I thought it's just too perfect. I don't live there, but I have <laughs> to at least ask if it's an option. And Sure enough, I got a call back from the woman that was hiring for the position saying, we do have home office capabilities. Um, we'd like to interview for oh the my job. Gosh. Yes. But had I just said, oh, that's if not If you just work. ignored it. Yeah. yeah. So I still, again, you just, it can't hurt to ask. It's kind of where I decided. I was like, it's just too ideal. I, I have to at least just tell them that this is like the job for me and they can tell me, sorry, it's not going to work. Um, but had I not taken again, another leap at least, or just gone on a, out on a limb, I might not have that job today. So, um, sure, sure. yeah, so that's kind of how it happened. I think, uh, and, and once I, I, now that I've been in this position and I've met awesome RDs like you, um, I realize how, big and beautiful nutrition diet, nutrition communications is. But again, I, I feel like I was kind of siloed in what I was doing and I just didn't really know what opportunities were 
um, around me at the time. Well, and maybe that's maybe that was kind of like divine intervention <laughs> for yes, you to, no kidding. to have that aha moment that oh yeah, this does this is a job. Oh my god! <laughs> and yeah, you probably saw a whole bunch after the fact. You probably saw more and more of those jobs kind of popping up, most likely. Exactly. It's kind of like when you buy like a green car and then you see everybody with that same yep. green car. You're like, oh, I never noticed that before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's, it, and it's been wonderful because, uh, you know, so much of it is outreach, obviously, um, to meet people yeah, like tell me, you. Yeah. Tell me, let's, let's talk a little bit about your job because I'm sure that's kind of evolved over the years that you've been doing it because you've been doing it how many years now? Oh my gosh, I'll be, it'll be 11 years in December. 11 years. So I'm sure it's changed a ton. So coming Uh from where you started to where you are now, maybe kind of talk to my guest about that journey. Yeah. And, and it has changed. Um, but what's always been core to it is that communications. I I can't say that enough. Um, and it just makes (laughs) me so thankful that I had that background and I've been able to build on it, you know, pretty much since day one with this job. Um, but when I started, I, um, so Midwest area covers a 10 state region and I worked, um, Within Kansas and Missouri, I did media um, outreach in the major markets in those states, with the exception of St. Louis. So like Kansas City, Wichita, Springfield, Missouri. But then I also worked closely with our with state health professional organizations. So that included Missouri and Kansas Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics and the Academy of Family mm-hmm. Physicians chapters, pediatrics chapters, and um you know, in terms of those relationships, it was being a resource for dairy nutrition information um, and helping them be advocates for dairy when they work with their clients, patients, um, students, etc. And then mm-hmm. over time, uh, Fuel Up to Play 60, which is an in-school wellness program um, mm-hmm. throughout the country, but certainly within our 10-state region, that program launched. So I did some work with that too. And then, um, so this was kind of all before social media really had taken off. And it, and the focus was very much traditional media outreach, TV, radio, print. Um, and once social media really was on the horizon and it was becoming bigger and more important, Midwest Dairy created an integrated communications team and social media became a large prong of that. And within that, uh, my organization decided they needed a devoted dietitian to work on the communications piece. So social media was not my main focus, but I contributed ideas and content for social media, traditional media. We introduced a blog and then we started packaging information and communications resources for our partners too. So that would include, you know, dietitians like yourself, third party that work outside of the organization. So again, we can arm them mm-hmm. with information and they can go out in their communications outlets and share Dairy's great story too. And that's where I am today. So that communications piece was a part of my role since day one, but it's become even more central since we formed a communications team, if that makes any sense. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I think, like you said, kind of before all the social media popped up and now that social media is 
so much more involved for a lot of us communicating communicators that I'm sure that's taken a whole new kind of turn for your organization. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's really changed just how how people have conversations around things and how people mm-hmm. look for information, whether it's accurate or inaccurate. <laughs> and, um, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy when you, I think back to life before Twitter or Facebook or, sure. you know, and, and how we got the word out and how we, um, we interacted with consumers versus today. It's, it's, it's very exciting and it's been, really um a great learning experience for me um and uh who knows where it'll be in five to ten where years it'll go. Yeah, exactly. i know you think about like what your son is because how old is your son currently? he's 12 he's 12 so like thinking yeah. about how he learns about communication is completely different and it's going to change within four years oh, too when he graduates so it's, or even when he gets close to graduating yes so. crazy So you do work a lot with other registered dietitians outside of your job, which is how you and I have Mm -hmm. met. And maybe talk about that piece just coming from like Midwest Dairy's perspective of why they do this with other dietitians. Yeah. um, So we certainly value um, the role dietitians play, obviously, in shaping nutrition guidance for consumers. And uh, oftentimes when, so me as a dairy council dietitian telling consumer, oh no, milk is good for you. That can sometimes be like, well, of course you're going to say that. Um, yeah. You know, whereas <laughs> you have to say that <laughs> the beautiful thing about it is, is I, I truly believe that it's wonderful to be able to work for you know, on behalf of a food group that I feel so strongly in, but we want people like you, you are in the grocery store, you know, you are interacting with consumers as they're making food purchasing decisions and coming, you know, they're going to have questions when they're interacting with you. And we want to equip you with the resources and information too, so that you can help share accurate messaging too. So, you know, obviously we value the retail, the role a retail dietitian plays, but then all dietitians, whether they're working in the school system or the extension programs, food banks, um, they all have a unique perspective and interaction with consumers that, um, you know, having them, helping equip them with resources and messaging too, we feel is a really great way to reach consumers and help um, continue to build trust in dairy foods and their value in the diet. And I think that's a good message of like all over. There's so many different types of dietitians that you work with, not just in the grocery store, but like you said, like food banks and other entities that are communicating that message to people that need it. So are there others like outside of Midwest dairy, since, you know, you were just focused in one part of the United States, are there other entities that, you know, dairy councils across the United States that do the same kind of thing? Yes, we have. Um, there are state and regional dairy councils across the country. Um, so Midwest dairy is, you know, again, we cover a 10 state region where we're considered one of the larger ones. So there are certain dairy councils that represent one or two states, um, but we all work um, under um, 
the sim- similar objectives that are lined out by National Dairy Council. And so it's wonderful when we bring communicators or dietitians from each of those state and regional dairy councils together for meetings to um, to talk about ways, you know, how they're reaching people and partners in their state versus how we might in Midwest dairy states too. So we very much share ideas with each other, um, collaborate so that we're, we're all out there speaking with one voice. Which is awesome. Well, and I've learned, I mean, just like being a nutrition communicator for Midwest Dairy, I think the storytelling is such a huge part about, you know, being that communicator and being, being taken to the farm and going to witness how the food comes to us in the grocery store is amazing. And I, I think that you guys encourage all dietitians, professionals, whoever to go visit a farm, don't you? We do. And, and that I'm so in, it's been so rewarding to take you on the farm and, and other nutrition communicators too, because I love seeing how you embrace the interaction with the farmer and what you learn on the farm and how you are able to bring that to life through your blog and through your outreach with your customers too. It's so rewarding. And, you know, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, removed from the farm. I always appreciated dairy foods. I never thought about the work that went into producing them. I knew they came from a cow. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people don't even know that, <laughs> but that's true. I, that is true. You know, I, I just didn't. And I feel ignorant now, but at the same time, I just didn't have that opportunity put in front of me. And even in my, through school and my internship, it wasn't a part of the curriculum. And I do know that the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics is emphasizing more about agriculture and on-farm practices too. And and I know it's being worked into more curriculums as well for students because I think it's so important. It's very much at the heart Mm -hmm. of what we're talking about. Um, But it's perhaps something that's missing or it's, it could be um, emphasized more. And so I'm glad that we're able to do that at Midwest Dairy too. And we're working with dietetic interns as well, getting them on the farm too. So we're trying to reach them earlier. Good. Um, because it yeah. is, it is a great um, way to, to see the work that goes into it and to understand how savvy farmers are and the care they put into milk production and taking care of the cows. And, um, it really does. Help. It's amazing. It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. And it, it, it has helped, you know, I, I, like I said, I always liked milk and I, I, as a dietitian, they were, you know, dairy foods were an important part of our, weight maintenance program um, and my weight management program. But I, again, I never thought about the work that went into getting them onto the table. And so it's, it's helped me appreciate that even more. Um, and I'm hoping that it's, that's the same for people like you and other dietitians we're able to bring onto the farm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I encourage any of my listeners, if you're a dietitian <laughs> and you haven't had this experience, you really need to do it because it does help you just understand the love and the care that really goes into our food, especially our milk. Yes. And in, and if they have questions on how they might do that, um, definitely, you know, you can reach out to me and I can put them in touch with the right person okay. for that state um, because it, it is so it's so in, it's an invaluable experience. Yes. OK, good. I will definitely put that Great. in the show notes very much. 
When it comes to communicating, what do you think as a dietitian is the most important thing for us to like a skill or something that we can hone in on to help us become better communicators? Oh, (laughs) definitely knowing your audience. Um, You know, people have very... Emotion plays such a large part in making decisions around food. And um, if you know your audience and you and you know why they have questions. For example, if they are coming to you determined to tell me, you know, I get people that question milk's nutritional value um, or perhaps it's flavored milk. They question the added sugar. Mm -hmm. Rather than me just immediately reply with all the reasons why I truly believe milk is a wonderful source of nutrition and flavored milk absolutely is a wonderful choice for a beverage. It's, it's finding that common ground. Like they just like me, maybe it's because they want to make sure they are feeding their family the absolute best foods possible available to them. And I do that in my house too. And so if we can find a common ground and I can figure out where they're coming from, maybe then we can have a conversation about it where as it's very easy to just want to react and provide facts. We are filled with facts as dietitians. And, we are. <laughs> um, you know, we went to school for a long time <laughs> to to learn mm-hmm. those facts. And, and I'm proud that I know them, but it's not always the best way to reach a person. And it's really figuring out a way to have a conversation so that maybe the chances of you opening someone's mind are greater if they feel like, they're talking with you versus being talked at. And it's not always easy to do depending on the forum. You know, in person is always the best way to have a conversation. But, you know, now we're engaging a lot in social media, too. And that can be challenging. And, and there are people that are going to be negative no matter what. Um, but if you can treat communications like it's a conversation. And then I use your, you know, Retail dietitians, as an example, when we're doing trainings with other people on communications, like imagine you're in the grocery store and you're having a conversation with someone that's, you know, about to pick milk up out of the dairy case and they're asking you questions. Just put yourself in that setting because that's a com- that can be a conversation. Or just like if you're at the dinner table with your friends or your family and they ask you a question, you know, can you treat it like that if you're talking to someone you may not know online? Um, so I think that would be, um, that's a, something I work on. I, I can't say I've perfected it, that's for sure. Um, but I'm trying to figure out how to really connect with people before I just start spouting facts. <laughs> that's a good thing to be mindful of for sure. Cause it is so easy. You do just kind of get caught mm-hmm. in that. Like the first sure. instinct is like, Oh, but this, 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 and this, right. and it's going to take a step back. Yeah. And I, you know, I believe so strongly in dairy nutrition and, and our dairy farmers. And so it's easy to kind of take offense. Like, wait, Whoa, why are you questioning? Oh, yeah. But those questions are coming from, their own, you know, their good place too. And so I have to remember that, like, um, you know, ultimately they want to do what they think is best and, and maybe it's just steering them in a bit different direction. Um, sure. so. 
That's a very good. I like that answer. <laughs> good. It's good to always, it's always good to be mindful of that just all the time. You know, with anything, just like if you are passionate about a certain kind of toilet paper, you should probably, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like everybody is just very passionate about uh-huh, what they believe sure. they like. So it's a very good point. Um, when it also, I was thinking about, you know, as in the field that I work in, I get the luxury of getting media training and I get those extra benefits of knowing how to communicate professionally via TV, you know, radio, writing and that type of stuff. For someone maybe like a dietitian who doesn't have access to those resources, but would like to get more education that way, do you have any suggestions for a dietitian? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I mean, we have some really savvy dietitian communicators that specialize in communications that you, you know, certainly listening to your podcast to get information <laughs> too, but um, others that I've worked with, Melissa Dobbins um, has a podcast and, and she features, um, she offers media counseling. Um, she features nutrition communicators, Amber Pankinen, um, you know, networking with other nutrition communicators or maybe, you know, people that are experienced in the field to see if there are any nuggets you can glean from them. And then certainly Mm -hmm. maybe going to your state Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics Association and asking for a state sponsored media training might not be a bad um, idea because chances are, if you're looking for it, there are your colleagues are looking for it too, or your peers. And then certainly I know like at our, at the fancy annual conference, they have sessions around media training as well. And then Mm -hmm. also just looking, you know, watching other clips of dietitians online, um, follow some on Twitter. And when they post that they've done a TV segment or a, you know, podcast or a radio interview, listen and digest their style and how they deliver messaging and interact with the host or the anchor too, so that you can kind of um, build off of their skill set would be helpful. You know, look for the ones that you consider to be champions in that field. And um, that would be a great way to to um, to learn as well. And you actually do TV, and you post your TV segments <laughs> as well. I do, and so she's a great person to also kind of look at looking at her setup and looking at how she interacts with her co-hosts. It's I've learned a lot from you oh, as well. Thank you. Even like. Even by your setup, you know, like your TV setup is also very important. So it's like you said, it's good to mimic some of those people that have great experience like yourself to learn from. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, yes. You're welcome. I, well, it's an art. It's not easy. Well, chances are I stole those, my ideas from someone else. So, um, you know, we can all, you know, let's all benefit from the, the work we're each doing. I think it's great to share ideas. And Midwest Dairy has some great resources mm-hmm. online um, that you can use also for, you know, your blog or for, you know, media topics or I get a lot of those as well through professional websites and Midwest Dairy has a great, is a great resource for that. Great. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so along with all this dietitian stuff, you are also a huge, I think you're an athlete. <laughs> you have, you have some other passions that I know that you personally like, which you said you kind of 
when you grew up, you came in a very healthy and active home. Is that kind of where you got your passion for running as well? Um, you know, I did not like running <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I was in high school or I played. So I played field hockey and lacrosse, um, which are sports. You know, oh, fun. Field sports that required running. Um, so certainly had to run as part of um, practice and training and certainly to play the game. But uh, it wasn't until about 11 years ago where I started running for recreation. Um, it was actually my sister wanted to go back to Philadelphia to run this. It's kind of this big tradition. It's a 10 mile race through downtown Philadelphia. And I thought, oh. all right, I can, <laughs> I, I can do that. And so trained for it. She ended up getting hurt, but I went Aww. ahead. I know I went ahead and ran that race. And fortunately, friend from high school ran it with me because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and we had a great, it was a great experience. Thankfully, I had it not been, who knows, I might not be running today, but um, it just kind of blossomed from there. I enjoyed it. Um, I realized it wasn't that I didn't like running. It was that I didn't like the first two miles of running. Once I got past oh. that, I thought this is actually kind of enjoyable and I just kept building on it to you know then it was a half marathon and then over time I thought well, I can I can do a marathon and and so that's where it began and finally did get to run a marathon with my sister last year did you yes <laughs> um so at least we you know we we were able to finally to train for a race together. 10 years yes. later so, um, but that's really how it started and oddly enough um when I started training for that race and I continued to run after it, it was kind of right when research around the benefits of chocolate milk as a recovery beverage was starting to emerge and, and science was saying like chocolate milk was more effective than Gatorade or other leading sports nutrition beverages in terms of muscle recovery. And I was assigned within Midwest area on a project to develop some signage and messaging around chocolate milk. And I joke that the chocolate milk project is kind of what kept me, <laughs> kept me running, running because I was like, I guess <laughs> I need to try this out. Like, how is it really good after a run? Like I, sure. and it seemed like an aha, like a no brainer. Like, well, of course it, you know, if you look at the nutrition profile, it makes sense, but I, I couldn't say I'd ever really thought about having it. So, and I, it was awesome. And I became this huge advocate for it. And I just, I <sighs> joked that that was kind of what really fueled that fire of learning more about how important the nutrition piece is to long distance running. Um, because I didn't focus on that in grad school. I had such a limited amount of time to cram all those courses and mm -hmm. I wasn't able to really pick and concentrate on one specific aspect of dietetics. So this has kind of been my way of, of um, learning as I go in terms of sports nutrition. And, and I, I just kind of continue to experiment with what works well for me in terms of the nutrition piece. So that's been a really neat part of the running too, is, is figuring out how nutrition plays such a crucial role in it. But See that, again, divine intervention. Yep. Chocolate milk, running, yeah. your sister. <laughs> exactly. So, but it is, it's very much, um, I enjoy it. And I, you know, I, I, 
am thankful that I pushed past that miserable two mile point and realized <laughs> I do like it. I can go yes. further. So, um, but yeah, I, that's that takes up quite a bit of spare time. So, well, I know what's the longest run you've ever done, just because I kind of watch I kind of stalk you a little bit and you're um, running because you're so it's so motivational oh well um so are you um thank you but um I have done two 50 mile races um oh my yeah. gosh Stephanie. well so and someday would love to to tackle the 100 mile but I'm just not sure it will fit into life right now and that's just fine sure. so um, but yeah, so that was, you know, it's definitely quite an experience. I think what I love, one of the things I love about running is um, how much it's a, it's really comes down to mind over matter and how connected it is, the mental and the physical aspects of it, especially when you get into a distance like that too. Um, and that piece has been really it's fascinating to me. Um, and so I think that's why I seem to gravitate toward the longer distances because I love the mental gotcha. challenge. Well, you'll, you'll never, you'll probably never get Alzheimer's or anything like that <laughs> because you're constantly working on your brain and kind of that mind over matter. Cause that is hard. That's the hardest part I think about running. Yes. You're probably you're hundred percent right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, even like you said, the two mile thing, if you could just get past that, then you can do anything. Right, right. So, you know, just don't give up. Because um, who would, I never would have thought that I would say I loved running. Um, <laughs> I did it because I had to, so. You did it because you had to, yeah. thanks to your sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like to me, you are really kind of full circle living your passion of, you know, your communication, nutrition, running, all of it's kind of all at a really good place right you, right now for you. Yes. I, again, who would have thought, I, I, you know, this is, I couldn't have asked for a better um, career path. And um, like I said, it was not, I did not sit down when I left for college and go, <laughs> this is how it's all going to play out. And, um, but I'm really glad that it's played out the way it has too. And I've met some really, really great people. Um, our farmers that I work for are just truly the best. And then obviously getting to work with dietitians like yourself has really been a very rewarding piece of it too. It's a good group. It's a great group yeah. to be a part of. Yeah. Well, I have some fun questions for you okay. too. So then you don't have to answer all these hard questions. <laughs> What's your, what is your favorite food? Gosh, my favorite food. Um, I feel like I should pick a dairy food. Well, definitely from running, <laughs> I am not. I I say this with complete authenticity. Chocolate milk is by far the best thing after a long run or race. So if you haven't tried it, you have to try it. And then my favorite food is probably Gosh, that is that's a hard question. I know um, it is a hard yeah, question. I'm going to go with um pizza probably I mean just in terms of how often we eat it around here and it's always good I've never had pizza and not liked it I don't think um, <laughs> so, I'm kind of like yeah. does, does your son like yes, pizza too? we eat a lot of 
Yes. Yes. I would yeah. say that's do you guys favorite. Cook, do you cook it together? Do you um, ever cook it together? Sometimes we do, but we have sometimes. some really fun little pizza places around here that are fun to go oh, to. Yeah. Good. So I mean, um, but we, we, I do love to cook too. Um, so try and cook as much as we can as well. Pizza out, cooking other stuff at home, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? You already kind of said your favorite beverage would have to be chocolate milk. So that is, we'll put that. That's okay. one of my favorite yes. ones too. Um, what about a favorite smell or a favorite scent? I love like the musky scents. And so one of my favorite things, one of the trails I like to run on, um, they are been cutting down some trees and so when I so I don't even know if this is considered musky but that it's a it smells like mulch like a cedar mulch when I run past it and I just sometimes I think I just want to run this keep going back and forth so I can smell but I like those earthy (laughs) smells um any of the musky scents almost more masculine than like the fruitier ones like if I go to buy a candle I typically go toward the sandalwood and the um actually or the musk versus some of the others some of those pretty yeah. ones. I like that smell too. It's a good smell. It's like being outdoors. Yeah, it just smells exactly. good and fresh. Yeah. What brings you joy in life? Um, joy, my son, definitely. He, um, you know, he's 12 and um, he just did cross country f- for the first. <laughs> yes. He's in seventh grade so in Kansas. They start middle school sports in seventh grade and Oh, I so watching him run was like better than any race I've ever finished. Um, and then also he is an aspiring, um, well, I say Broadway star, but he is very involved in music <laughs> theater. So it's been so it's so rewarding to see him involved, um, not only in in developing his skills around singing and dancing and acting, but just watching him form these, what I hope are lifelong friendships with people that have similar interests has been really rewarding. And it's definitely been a way for us to kind of build a little family here in Wichita because we're not, I'm not from here. Um, so sure. that's been really fun to watch him from us, you know, skills development, but also just personal development too. Aww. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, it's fun to see all the things that he participates in. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, that is, and that's brave for a little, you know, like for a younger kid, that's a hard it, thing to get the strength to go do that. He does not, I ask if he's nervous before he like goes on stage or something and he says no, but I think he is, but his nervousness <laughs> comes out as excitement. Whereas like I would be <laughs> like hiding behind the curtain. And like completely filled with anxiety. So it's interesting how he, what makes him thrive, you know, and I do think it's being put in the spotlight that, that he just seems to love it. So he's a communicator in a he different is, way. Exactly. He's still a communicator like his mom. <laughs> he is. Yes. I could learn a lot from him. Sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking time today. And I've had a great conversation and I hope everyone enjoyed listening to you and all the knowledge that you shared with us. And I hope you have a great weekend. Well, thank you. You too. It's been fun. Thanks, Anne. Stephanie is a registered dietitian who continues to inspire a lot of people within her department, also within our nutrition communicator group. 
and her sincere kindness radiates all around her. She has taught me a lot in my current practice as a retail dietitian, as well as a dietitian on social media. She has created a great group of registered dietitians who help spread the love for dairy foods in the Midwest. And if you didn't know how much I love cheese, I truly do. It's one of my favorite foods. And I kind of think I should probably have a podcast about cheese. Stay tuned for that. It's the middle of the flu season. And have you gotten your flu shot yet? I just got mine last week, but part of my defense for the flu is Maku Health Kombucha. Packed with immune-boosting probiotics, I know I can help fight the flu with a serving each day, and it's super easy. All I have to do is mix it with water. Go to makuhealth.com and use the code ANNE, A-N-N-E, 20, for 20% off your order. My website, annelizabethardy.com, is where you can read my latest weekly wisdom blog post, where I share my current crazy adventures with food, music, things that are motivating me, and maybe a few recipes that are really delicious and the real deal or what I love right now. You can also purchase my book and find all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these great people. I would love to connect with you on social media, and you can easily find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.